0: so hard to be the greatest loving church in the world. Join us here and worship as we live to celebrate or worship our God together. Thank you for joining us through Facebook and Designs website and stay connected with us. God bless you, and may our be Ministry lead us to tell you this.
1: Jesus is me. You all right. A you. Hmm.
0: Looking at verses 11 to verses 24 of this first chapter of Galatians, let us pray. Mighty God, we ask for your enlightenment and reading of your word. God has direct us, Almighty oh God, with better understanding how we can walk in obedience according to your will, we pray. Amen. Amen. Reading from the New Living Translations, Galatians, the first chapter, starting at verse 11 to verse 24. The word of God reads, dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reason. I received my message from no human source, and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. You know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by His marvelous grace. Then it pleased Him to reveal His Son to me, so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. When this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before I was. Instead, I went away into Arabia, and later I returned to the city of Damascus. Then three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know Peter, and I stayed with him for 15 days. The only other apostle I met at the time was James, the Lord's brother. I declare before God that what I am writing to you is not a lie. After that visit, I went north to the provinces of Syria and Cilicia, and still, the Christians in the churches of Judea didn't know me personally. All they knew was the people were saying, the one who used to persecute us is now preaching the very faith he tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. Praise God for his word. Amen. You may be Amen.
1: I'm Yeah.
0: Endurance forever. Let us thank our God one more time. Mighty God, we just thank you. you. For you are worthy to be praised. You are forever faithful. Your love never fails. Father, as we are open up our hearts to receive, Lord, your word, we pray that you will teach us through your word, that we will have your word hidden in our heart that we might not sin against you that we might see Jesus, and may we walk it out in our lives, Holy Amen. Amen. As we're walking through this book of Galatians and talking about this gospel in life, again, remember, when we open up this text, Paul is very upset. He says, I'm alarmed that you are leaving this gospel. And so there's only one gospel, there's only one truth, and how we ought to walk this out in our lives. And I'm going to talk about today about how the gospel life is the Christian life, that the gospel should have fruit in our lives, meaning that because I receive this gospel, I believe this gospel, my life reflects what I believe. Uh, The fruit is basically the, the proof or the product that comes from us. And so this will be demonstrated in our lives. As Paul is writing this, he is also argumenting about how you can see the proof in my life. Paul is showing that he received this gospel straight from Jesus Christ himself to qualify as a direct apostle with authority in teaching this gospel. I want to, impact, and I want to emphasize this because Paul is writing this letter to Galatians helping him to introduce not only himself, but the authority in why he is teaching. And so in modern times, right, and writing this letter, many of them, not, it might be their first introduction to who Paul is. And so therefore, Paul has to basically give a resume, give a brief bio of who he is. And there's some out there detracting him who are not giving him the credit that he deserves. Some are maligning him and basically they're talking about his past, which he acknowledges in this letter. He acknowledges that I wasn't perfect, uh, I I was wrong, I I was persecuting this church I'm now preaching about. He is very open to acknowledge his error and his sin, as well as he's open to point out because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it has changed my life, and therefore, I want to talk about for now who I am and now what I do. And so I would encourage us today that there might be some people out there who might heard about you and may know your past. But yet they don't know your present nor your future. They don't know what God is doing in you and what God is working through you to transform you so you could be greater than what they know about you in the past. There's some people that will pigeonhole you and label you and compartmentalize you and put you on the shelf as if they know everything about you. But I'm here to encourage you to let you know that they do not have power and authority over you. God can make a way out of no way Last series, we talked about God bringing us out of our circles, and we talked about how God can, can walk through uh, the Red Sea on dry land for us. If God can deliver us from bondage and slavery, then I know our God can transform our conditions and our situations, That he can speak, and things shall be changed. And so Paul's encouraging, let them know that I'm not bound about what you know about me. I, I, I am bound now to what I know, and I know this truth. This gospel that has changed my life. The gospel shows us how to live for Christ because the gospel teaches us Christ. Now, the gospel message is Christ, and the gospel message is about Christ, and Christ also preached this gospel message. So when Paul is pointing out to them that he's a, he's a shocked that they have left this gospel message, he wants to understand that he is preaching to them no different gospel, no no watered-down gospel, no diluted gospel, no different gospel, but I'm preaching you the gospel. You know, he's giving he's you a definitive article that you know that this is the gospel. The gospel I preach you is the authority one, is a right one. Many of us have been in school before, you had to write papers, and the teacher had to ask you to give them the source because they didn't want your opinion. They want what you think should be happening, but they wanted a scholarly source, so you had to give them a source that was credited that they could validate on. And, and so Paul is pointing out that I got a source that's a valid source. Matter of fact, this is the authority; uh, it is Jesus Himself. And so Paul is pointing this out to them because he has to let them know that I am not under the twelve apostles, though I've met them. I don't know them like that. He points out to them later on, right, that I spent some time with Peter. And then later on, I met James, the brother of Jesus. Background information for you. You go back and ask the 15th chapter. It is James, the brother of Jesus, speaks up and tells what must be done for Gentiles to join the faith. And so Paul is pointing out to them that I've met those who you recognize with authority. I I met those who you recognize as power. But just like them, I was directly taught by Jesus. And so he's pointing out who he is. And so when we look at verse 11, y'all with me there, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, I I want you to understand the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source, and no one taught me. Instead, I I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. uh, This gospel message pointing out is not mere human reasoning. This gospel he's pointing out is supernatural. It tells you of God's amazing love that towards his creation and expresses this great love through his super divine son, the son of God, Jesus Christ. This gospel is not created by man. Man could not create such a story. Man creates a lot of myths, fables and allegories. Man's stories all have limits and lack authority of God's word. Think about how we have a lot of superheroes, a lot of myths, a lot of favors. Many of those heroes, what do they do? They die. They don't come back because that's what man knows. Man knows death. Man does not know eternity. But yet, our Jesus, the Son of God, let us know that, yes, I shall die, but yet I shall live. Because I am life. I am the bread of life. I am the living resurrection. I am the living word. No man can go to the Father but through me because I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the living water. We understand that our God is about eternal life. He breaks the boundaries of man's understanding of limitation of death. Think about how many things we have, so many monuments for dead people. Because we're limited in what we know. We got we go anywhere in this world. You will find stuff that say, This is for someone who lived and died. Because we are limited in our understanding. All we know is life and death. But yet Christ is saying that I come that you might have life. And so Paul is understanding that I'm. I've, I'm expanding my understanding and my horizon by understanding the principles of the teaching of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Christ. I receive my message from no human source. This is not man made up. I am not coming off some other tea. I'm not preaching some other gospel. When I'm preaching the unadulterated, authoritative word of God. And yet here's another thing about we from Paul. There's a blessing in receiving Jesus' teaching. Jesus points this out to us in Matthew 11, chapter, verses 28 and 30. says then, Jesus says, come to me, all you are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. My burden I give you is light. New Living Translation. Jesus pointing out that those who are weary and heavy burdened come and sit. I, I, I'm going to spend some time on that for a moment. Now, imagine Paul sitting under Jesus. Why did you sit under Jesus? Well, basically when a, a teacher would sit, would sit down, the pupil sat on the floor. Many of us can can get this imagery if you go to a kindergarten school. You walk into the classroom, they got a carpet laid out, and that's learning time. And the teacher would sit up on a chair, the students would sit down on the ground. And so the students have no choice but to look up. At the teacher sitting down, but yet they're gathered around the feet of the teacher. And so here it is, Jesus is pointing out that, come and sit at my feet (laughs) and gather around and look up at me as I teach and instruct. And so here we have Paul now embracing the resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and seeing him in all his glory and all his splendor, but receiving the direct teaching and better understanding of who Jesus is. And so Peter I'm sorry, Paul is receiving this message and getting trained, he's finding rest, he's finding peace, because Paul was wrestling against God, and God had to call him and and, and ask, gives a great account of Paul's transformation story. But now that Paul has gained clarity because of the gospel Christ has given him, he's found a new identity. I encourage us that when we spend some time in the gospel, it can show us who we are In Christ. A lot of other people will tell you who you should be, but only God can make you who you are to be. See, when we look in the gospel, uh, it helps us to understand that this world we're living in shall perish. This world we're living in has nothing to offer us, but only what Christ has shall last. And Paul finds his identity by this, by being born. He, He points on verse 15, says, But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him. And verse 16 uh, it says it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. When this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being. But we will spend some time on verse 15. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me. By his marvelous grace. Think about that for a moment. Uh, Paul understands that even when I wasn't living right, even when I was not acknowledging him, even when I was not serving him, I look back now and realize that God called me. (laughs) Even before I was born, God had a plan for me. I, I, I get excited when I think about how God has a plan for us, even before we got a plan for ourselves. Even before I even know what I want to do with my life, God has already put out, i got a perfect plan for your life. And so when we can put it in proper perspective, right, that our God already knows how he wants to care for us, love for us, and help us reach our full potential, that we will have have peace and we'll have joy in our lives. I don't know about you, but I I can relate this to when I've gone to people inviting me to a party. And you come to this place, but you feel like I should not be here. I don't know if you ever had that experience, but I had that experience before. I've gone to a place, and I felt like they invited me here, but I really don't think I should be here. I don't fit in. I don't feel welcome. I don't really know anybody here but the host, and the host is not really talking to me because they're too consumed with all the other guests. So I think I'll just slide on out, and will nobody miss me. And here's the situation here that that when someone invites you into be somewhere, right? And they don't look for you, they don't place you in a position to help you work it out. Because I've been to places where they try to put you at a specific table with specific people that say that that might connect with you, might relate with you. And I've had that before. That I happened to sit next to some people. My wife and I we were at a wedding. We sat next to some people that we just had a good relationship with. We got great information from, and we felt okay. We didn't talk to nobody else but that couple at that table and had a good time. But the times that we go with, there's no one else to talk to. No one else to relate to. You're like, I have to see my way out. What I'm trying to point out here is that God does not set you up to be in a place that you're not plugged in. You're not connected. You're not able to be used for his glory. Paul was, was walking around, but yet he was doing something that was contrary. So God set him up and he connected him and plugged him in and says, you were heading in the wrong direction. Let me connect you with some right people that will help you fulfill this vision. And now Paul is turning around. Now his zeal is, is not misguided, but it's guided now to preach and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, which he was wired for. But yet he didn't understand the right program. Some of us have some children like that. They're wired, but we got to find the right program. They, they get into everything else. They say, maybe I need to get them, they like break this stuff down. Maybe they like to be robots. They like to build stuff up. They like to tear it down, see how it works build it back up. Maybe you need to give them this. Or, or maybe they like to talk a lot. Maybe they need to get into debate or, or toastmasters or speech, right? Or acting or singing, right? We try to plug them in because find out they're wired for something. You gotta figure out what it is. I know for me, my mom tried everything under the sun to find out I gotta find a way to burn out his innocence. She put me in everything soccer, baseball, football, whatever it was. You run, you go, go, go get it. And so the situation that we gotta find out what fits us. And once I, my mom was able to find out what fit me, she stuck me in. I was in that bad boy every day, every weekend. And I love to be there because it fit me. Wow. There's some things in our lives that we get that love, that gravitate to us. And there's a thing about many of us are gifted under the body of Christ. Many of us are gifted that we like giving, so we find ways to give. Many of us are, are good at organizing, so we'll find something to organize and help out. Many of us are good at serving, so it doesn't matter. You can say what to do, I'll be there, I'll be there to serve. That we find the joy of being a part of the gospel kingdom. The gospel tells us that we ought to care for one another, love for one another, and so we can do what we can do best by when we work together collectively. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. And so once we understand this gospel message as Paul is pointing out to us, we get wired, we get plugged in, we're able to serve, we're able to distribute, we're able to give, and we're able to see the fruit of the kingdom moving in our lives. And so Paul is pointing out that God has called me to preach this gospel. And what's what, what the argument here is that Paul is preaching to the Gentiles. Uh, he's not just preaching to the Jews. And some some of the Jews now are, are setting up some hindrances and some roadblocks. For the Gentiles receive this gospel message that they got to be obedient to the Mosaic law and they have to be circumcised. So they're setting up some barriers, basically saying that you got to work in order to be saved. But Paul is trying to point out to them that no work you can do can save you. That's not how this gospel works. Jesus died on the cross so that you shall be saved. That's the gospel work. And so God knows us and called us even when we knew He would be rebellious. He even knew that we would sin against him. But look what Paul says. I like what he says. He says, but even before I was born, God God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his grace. Think about how he loves us because of his grace. His amazing grace. Think about how while we were being formed in our mother's womb, He knew us and and said, I choose to love you. I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to love some people who I know who've been hard on me, who've abused me, who mistreated me. But yet here it is. Our God says, I'm going to love you. Even though you're going to mistreat me, you're going to abuse me, you're not going to acknowledge me, but I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to provide for you. I'm still going to die for you. Isn't that a good God? That loves us in spite of ourselves. There's, there's some people out there that are hard to hear this gospel message, but think they're not worthy. They think there's nothing I can do is going to be good enough. There's nothing I can do that's ever going to make me worthy of God's love. That's why you got to point out something that God already said. You're worthy of his love. Because before you were even born, he loved you. Isn't that something? is that something?
1: Psalms 139 says this,
0: 13 and 14. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's room. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. Now, how well I know. To know that we are fearfully and wonderfully made because our God has stitched together like that with all our complexities, with all our issues, with all our problems, our God loves us. And so with all that, God says, Paul, I can use you. I can use your, your misguided zeal of persecuting the church I can change that around so that you will be preaching what you were persecuting. Mm. That you will be uplifting what you were tearing down. <laughs> that you will be the one that they will follow, not the one they were running from. Y'all don't hear me? <laughs> and so God can change it around when we turn our life over to Him. God chose Paul before Paul even knew he was chosen. Because God knew Paul just as God knows you. God knows what you're good at. He knows your strengths. He knows how good you can be. And, then, and I, many of us might confuse you with this verse. I'm going I'm to quote it to us again. Jeremiah 29 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster, I, to give you a future and a hope. I, many of us hear this and, and people quote this, but I want to give you some context to this. That this is coming to the people in exile. When Jeremiah is reading, they are in exile. They are not in their whole place. They are under oppressive rule. But God says, I want to bless you. to Be productive where you are. So when the time gets right, you'll be ready to move back to what I have for you. What is it, pointing out to you that regardless of your circumstances, it cannot stop me from blessing you and using you. For you can have benefit and fruit in your life right where you are pointing out to us that God already knows where you are. Don't tell God about your problems. Tell God how can I solve? It. Say Lord here I am have thine own way. You know all about my issues so help me oh God. What can I do to move out of my condition by trusting your gospel message? And we see God's grace moving in our lives. That God's grace is basically you know His unmerited favor to us, giving us what we do not deserve. Uh, God's grace is coupled with His mercy that removes His judgment from us, from our our mistakes. I know about many of us can can attest that there's some things that we gotten away with, and that's because of God's mercy. Not because we think we were slicker to somebody or we were better than somebody. That's just by His mercy. And so we we thank God. Many of us have been there before that you were driving. You know you were speeding, but that cop car went past you. (laughs) You know, that, 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 that's mercy. You know, you should have been pulled over, but yet yeah, they let you they, they go after somebody else. And so here's the situation. We realize that there's time in our lives that we, we made it through only because we, it was his mercy that removed the punishment that should have came our way. So let us not allow our past, and let us, let us let, uh, allow other people judge us to limit us, but let us realize it's because of our God. I'm going to close out verses 18 to 20 to read Genesis. And then three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know Peter and I stayed with him for 15 days. The only other apostle I met at that time was James, the Lord's brother. I declare before God that what I am writing to you is not a lie. After that visit, I went north into the provinces of Syria and Cilicia and still the Christians and the churches in Judea didn't know me personally. And they knew, all they knew was that people were saying, the one who used to persecute us is now preaching the very faith he tried to destroy. And they praised God because of me. Look what Paul did. Paul was able to see the good of what they were saying. Yeah, y'all see that there? He says that they didn't know me. They just they just knew this, right? He says, All they knew, all they knew was that people were saying. The one who used to persecute us is now preaching the very faith he tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. Paul got excited that my past has helped me to get to my present. He's pointing out that they know what I used to do. But now they're talking about, in contrast, what I used to do to what I'm doing now. Basically, that's a look at God more that's many of us can tell somebody said i used to be but god you can feel in the plane, right I, I used to be this but god <laughs> now i do this and so paul excited that look at god moving in my life other people can tell my testimony y'all don't hear me there's gonna be somebody out there that should be able to tell your testimony i can tell somebody like i, I knew you back <laughs> but now i see what god is doing in your life Look at God. You be able to have somebody to testify that when you're long gone that they can say that I know this person lived for Christ. Because I, when I was down, she encouraged me because I remember her when she used to walk the streets and she didn't walk with Christ. But now I know her because she preaches Christ. She teaches Christ. She lives for Christ. We used to have a moment in our life that the gospel is fruitful in our lives. That people see how you walk it, how you talk. Notice what Paul is saying that? They're trying to discredit me. But my life speaks for itself. why so I encourage you to let the gospel life speak in your life. So it's not just what you say. It's also what you do. But others can define you because how you walk. And just in the moment in time when they come by and they want to hear your story, you can let them know. But it's by God's grace. <laughs> Even when I was far from him, he called me. And I responded to his grace. And because of his amazing grace, I was lost, but now I'm found. And I'm able to walk in communion with him because he desires to have a relationship with me. And when we can express this gospel message in our gospel life, we can continue to build this kingdom and add on to the kingdom of God. Let us pray. God, we just thank you that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you, God, that even in our hardships and our pains, you've called us out of the darkness into your marvelous light. So, Father, may we continue to walk in obedience and walk in the purpose you've given us. And, And, Father, those who may be still searching, though, we pray that we can surrender right now to the calling you've put upon us, and we will walk in full obedience. And then, Lord, there might be someone who does not know Jesus as their Lord, and say, Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Christ is Lord, and died and the cross for the sins, that he rose again from the grave on the third day, and that you are exalted now, seated at the right hand of the Father in majesty. Lord, I pray that they will find a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, Bible-teaching church to help them grow and disciple them to be. The awesome mighty women and men of God called him to be. Father, bless us, Lord, to be your disciples that we will allow your gospel life, your gospel message. Be fruitful in our lives as we surrender to your holy will. We pray Lord we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us live on Facebook and YouTube. And you can also continue to give online as well. You can download Zion's app or our website, www.zionbcpeoria.com. And we look forward to uh, fellowship with you also. Uh, programming note, we are having a Zoom uh, Bible study break for the summer. Uh, but we love to reconnect uh, coming back up in September. Thank you. God bless you. Jesus loves you. And so do I.